Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Ted Wagner. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Also by Audible. Get two free books when you sign up at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Welcome everyone to episode 65 of Switchcraft. Uh, we've got a bunch of big news to talk about today, but before we get to that big news, I want to talk about feedback. I want to say what you guys said back to me, which is always really, really fun, and that's the main reason that I do this show is so I can talk to you guys. Um, I am Cool C reviewed the show. They said, I found this show through Switchcast after E3, and I haven't missed an episode since. Keeping up with Switch news is tough, but this show fixes that by putting out frequent episodes and keeping them around 30 minutes each. Actually, just so you know, my goal is to get every episode under 20 minutes. I almost never actually hit that goal. Um, the classic Nintendo sound effects are great, too. Bonus points for RJS being transparent and open as a host. Podcasting solo isn't easy, and he does it with ease. If you're a Nintendo fan, you should be listening. End of story. Well, thank you very much, I am Cool C, for reviewing the show. If you guys haven't done that, you can do that through iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, and it really does help the show. Something else that helps the show in 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 no small way is uh, just talking to me. Uh, John sent an email, uh, and it's a really long email. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, the The whole email is in the show notes so that you guys can read that. But the I've boiled it down to the most important question here. They said, how important is it for new games to give you something the more you play? And basically what they're asking about is they had a conversation with a friend and their friend would said something along the lines of, why would you bother playing um, Salmon Run if you didn't get rewards? To which I say, this has been, I almost think this is a symptom of MMOs. Uh, massively multiplayer games have continually rewarded players for playing the game. Whereas when I was young, the reward for playing the game was that the game was fun. Now, the problem with MMOs is that you have so much to do and there's so much time that you have to in um there's so much time that you have to put into playing the game that uh developers tried to find ways to incentivize people to keep coming back because it was a, subs- a subscription game. It used to be that you uh bought your game and the developer really didn't care if you played it because you bought it. Um I I I don't like to say that they didn't care, but it wasn't as important to the, we'll say the publisher, not the developer. So rewarding you for playing the game wasn't something that people did. Well, now uh, we want to make sure that you're always coming back to these games. So they give you a goal. Like, here's your goal. Your goal is maybe you want to get this shirt in Salmon Run. Well, 
You've got to do so many runs through the game successfully in order to get that. And oftentimes, and I've talked about this on my on, on old podcast that I've been on, uh, and I've probably talked about it on Switchcraft as well, but oftentimes video games, or well, I, I don't want to blame video games, video gamers, um, they depend too much on the reward. I've said this a few times that my perfect MMO would be no loot, only cosmetic stuff. It never changes your your stats. Everybody's already at max level. You go into a dungeon, you do your thing, and you come out, and there's no loot to worry about. Now, why is that good for me? Because I've never been one to care about the loot. For me, and I think a lot of people in my generation, playing games is the reward. And if it's not fun to do, then I'm not going to do it, no matter what the reward is that you dangle in front of me. However, I feel like younger gamers, and I'm I'm not saying this is a, I'm not trying to slight younger gamers here, but younger gamers, I feel like they feel that they need to be rewarded for playing the game with a shiny trinket of some kind. And this isn't their fault. It's because games have gone with this method for a long time now. Um, a lot of people will say, well, why would I run this dungeon if I'm not going to get loot at the end? For me, I would run the dungeon because it's fun to work with other people to overcome mechanics. That's fun. I don't need a shiny thing at the end of it. So when I think about this, I personally think that games need to start to pull back on this reward system too much because what happens is that the players they get obsessed with trying to make sure that they get all of the rewards and they forget about the fun that they're having in the gameplay. And that kind of numbs the gamer to the fun that they're having. Now, I understand that Nintendo is doing the same thing that other developers are doing. They're adding in rewards. They're giving you a goal. Um, But for me, Splatoon would be a million times better if there were no stats... Um, the only thing that they had was different abilities and you could, you started with all of them and you could pick and choose. I want these four abilities on this. I want these three abilities on that. And these two on this, no leveling mechanic. All I would need is give me everything that I want ahead of time at the beginning. I'll make my perfect build. I'll get really, really good with it. And I will have fun because the game is good. I don't need to have that separate carrot at the end of the stick to try and get me to keep playing if the game's not good i'm not going to play no matter what that carrot is and if the game is good i'm going to play no matter what that carrot is so you might as well just get rid of the carrot now i understand i'm probably in the minority here i'm sure that uh there's very few people out there that think like me that would want a game like that but i think that it would be better for the industry as a whole. There might be a Pandora's box kind of problem, though. You can't put this stuff back in the can. The toothpaste is now out of the tube, if I can throw in another metaphor. The cheese is already on the sandwich. And I don't think that's a metaphor, but I'm making it one. Um, And if game developers tried to take that stuff away, gamers would probably be upset with them 
even if it's for the betterment of the gaming industry as a whole. Well, I've kind of rambled for a little bit. So, John, hopefully I answered your question. Thank you so much for emailing me. If you are if you want if you have a topic that you want me to discuss, whether it be a news story or just a general gaming topic, all you got to do is send an email to runjumpstomp at gmail.com or you can shout at me on Twitter at runjumpstomp and you can even call and leave a voicemail. My phone number is, I've forgotten it, so let me find it real quick. It's 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. So I love it when you guys send in feedback. Let's keep it coming, but let's jump into the news. Will you be the one to witness the birth of the incredible Nintendo Entertainment System? The one to play with Rob, the extraordinary video robot. Play games. Have fun. Dream big. And compete for a place in Nintendo history on October 7th, 2017 in New York City at the Manhattan Center Grand Ballroom is the Nintendo World Championships 2017. Uh, Nintendo started these back in 1990. I was a freshman in high school back then, all those years ago. And they had the Nintendo World Championships. And then they didn't have them again until E3, was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year's E3. They had the uh, Nintendo World Championships and featured at the Nintendo World Championships last year was Splatoon 1, Smash Brothers, uh, Mario Kart, um, Mario Maker, and I'm not sure if there was anything else, but... It was really fun to watch. And if you didn't get a chance to watch it last year, I actually recommend that you look on YouTube and find the videos, especially the Mario Maker stuff. That was fantastic. Uh, But they're bringing it back. I was really surprised that they didn't bring it back at E3, but I guess they kind of wanted to make sure that it was... um, it had its own spotlight instead of sharing the spotlight with the other announcements and things that were going on at the time. So I think it's probably a good idea for Nintendo to uh, have the Nintendo World Championships on its own. Now, I think that let's get into the news and then I'll talk about each thing. Uh, So first off, uh, the October uh, this October, Nintendo fans will put their gaming skills to the ultimate test in an epic battle to win the Nintendo World Championships 2017. It does not say anything about what the prize is. It's probably just a trophy. Nintendo doesn't seem to understand that um, if they really want to excite the esports world, that it's on them to make sure that there's a good prize pool. Um, that might... For the Nintendo World Championships, that's what I would like to see with the Nintendo World Championships is don't have just one winner at the end. Have a Splatoon tournament. Have an ARMS tournament. Have a Mario Kart tournament. Have, um, what what else is there right now? Well, I guess just those three. Uh, Have a Pokemon tournament. And have a prize pool for that. And have um, matches that happen all year so that people can practice and get better and give us something to watch uh, as they build towards the the Nintendo World Championships. That being said, let's talk about how do you qualify for the Nintendo World Championships? Well, I hope you live in one of the following cities. We've got New York, San Francisco, 
uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Mini, well, I can't say it, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, I don't know why I can't read, uh, Dallas, Seattle, and Miami. If you don't live in one of those places, I hope you live close because those are the only places where you can go to qualify. And you have to exclusively qualify at Best Buy. Now, some people might be saying, well, hold on. Why is it that we have to go to a Best Buy store in order to qualify for this? I think it's so they can make sure that you're not doing some kind of cheat. Um, I don't know how other esports do it where they don't always, like when they're doing qualifiers and stuff like that, they don't fly everybody to the they, they don't only have them in certain places they let people play from their homes for the most part at least i think that they do um i've watched heroes of the storm uh tournaments where the players are playing remotely and it makes perfect sense i'm not sure why nintendo says that you have to go to a best buy in one of these eight cities because that that's eliminating quite a few people uh, in fact, it's funny. It's called the Nintendo World Championships. There is, n- there are no non-U.S. cities in this list at all. Okay, uh, so that's kind of odd. Now, the the competition is um, delineated by uh, age brackets. So, twelve and younger, and thirteen and older. Those are the uh, two age brackets. Of course, if you're younger than seventeen, you have to have a parent or guardian present in order for you to participate. Um, what game are you going to be playing? Are we going to be playing Splatoon? Are we going to be playing ARMS? Do you think maybe we'll have a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe race? No. You will be qualifying using Mario Kart 7 for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. And you will be qualifying via time trial. You get two tries to score the best time. And one winner from each age bracket will qualify for an invitation to the final event. Um, there is a registration form and there are full, full rules uh, linked where it's got, you know, seven pages of its wall of text. So I'm not going to read through all that uh, on the uh, podcast, but you guys can click on the link in the show notes so that you can check it out. Uh, so a, a lot of people are looking at, hold on, we're playing Mario Kart 7. That's how we're going to qualify for this. Mario Kart 7 is a super old game now. Why are we playing that game? Well, I think the reason is that it's it's all about availability. Right now, the Switch is pretty difficult to get a hold of. And if Nintendo had a bunch of Switches at this uh, event and they weren't selling them to people, I think a lot of people would be upset. Listen, I want to buy one of your systems and you're wasting it on a on a, a, a Best Buy um, store gimmick. Uh, let me buy my thing. So I think that's why they're going with the DS. They could have gone with Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, but I think Nintendo has looked at the Wii U and said, nope, it's dead. Whereas it looks at the 3DS and they're like, well, it's still alive. In fact, we're going to continue supporting it. Um, so we're not having trouble keeping 3DSs in stock as much as we are the switch so we're going to make sure that that's what we're going to use for the qualifiers now if uh the participants are 12 or younger their character that they're going to be racing on is mario you're going to use the standard cart the standard wheels and the super gliders and you're going to be racing on ds luigi's mansion Uh, i like that they're telling people all of this stuff ahead of time so people can practice if you are 
older than that, if you're 13 and older, your character that you will be racing as is Bowser. You'll be using a standard cart, standard wheels, and super gliders, so the same thing. And you will be racing on G- GBA Bowser Castle 1. Um, including or uh, something else to do while you're there is you'll also be able to check out the demos for Super Mario Odyssey and Metroid Samus Returns. Um, you'll also have your um, Nintendo QR code that you can you can generate via the I think it's um, um, via the website. You get this QR code that that they can scan to link it to your account. And the first, uh, if you're at the qualifiers. Uh, and you check in with that QR code, you get a a hundred platinum points, which I I really don't under. I guess that gives you discounts. I've never really checked into it at all. Uh, but the first two hundred people to check in each day will also receive a My Nintendo pin. Now they haven't said that it's the first two hundred people to 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 check in at each site, or is it the first two hundred people in everywhere? Um, so anyway. Let's take a look more detail on the dates. August 19th and 20th, it's at the Best Buy Bronx Terminal Market. Um, That's going to be Saturday, August 19th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And Sunday, August 20th, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You'll also, um, at the the same time at the San Francisco Bay Area, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. So here's the thing. It seems like, because New York is in a different time zone that if they're only counting the first 200 people to check in on August 19th and 20th total from New York and San Francisco, well, the first 200 people are going to be at the New York store, and the San Francisco people will have no chance of getting uh, this My Nintendo pin, which, I mean, it's just a pin, who cares? But it, it that makes me think that it's going to be the first 200 people to check in at each site. That's how I'm assuming. I could be wrong about that. Um, August 26th and 27th will be in Chicago and Los Angeles. That's Saturday, August 26th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So it's basically uh, very similar times uh, and the same thing going on in Los Angeles. Then we've got Minneapolis. (laughs) I added an extra N in there. Uh, Minneapolis um, on September 2nd and 3rd, along with Dallas on the same day. And then Finally, Seattle and Miami will be on September 9 and 10 uh, with finally the end all the the absolute uh, championships will be in New York on October 7th at the Manhattan Center Grand Ballroom. So are you excited for Nintendo World Championships? I know that I am. I think that this is going to be very fun to watch. I'm going to tune into the Nintendo uh, Twitch page and I'm going to be watching it. And uh, last Last time they did it, they, it was the first time that we really got to see uh, real gameplay of Super Mario Maker. Um, a lot of people are saying, boy, this would be a good place to unveil something. Now, what competitive game could they unveil? Well, perhaps Smash for the Switch. I'm not sure how I feel about that because that's really close to when ARMS came out. And I think that it would eclipse ARMS because Smash is so popular. Uh, so I think that if Nintendo's smart, they won't show off Smash at this. And I think that what would be a better uh, game to show off is the game that they showed off at the last World Championships, which was Mario Maker. I would love to see Mario Maker Switch or Mario Maker Deluxe or whatever it is that they want to call it uh, shown off at the Nintendo World Championships because 
to most people, the Wii U is a dead console. And it's a shame that very not enough people got to experience um, Mario Maker. Mario Maker is an amazing game. Uh, even if you're not making games, but you, you can just log in and play an infinite number of Mario games. And it's so great. You, there are so many times when, when I've had an absolute blast playing through that game. You know, you get to a troll level where they have invisible blocks that knock you into uh, the lava or something, but you can you keep going to try and finish it. Or you get these crazy musical levels where all you have to do is hold the button and run as fast as you can, and it plays a crazy song. Or sometimes you get these regular traditional Mario levels. And I feel like that is a game that would do very, very well on the Switch. It really came out of the gate strong on the Wii U, which is surprising because the Wii U sold so poorly on the Switch, where it's got a it's it's on track to have a fantastic install base. Nintendo is projecting 10 million in the first uh, fiscal year. I actually think they're going to beat that, and uh, it would be great for uh, Mario Maker to uh, really shine on this console, and it would be a perfect place to unveil it especially with Super Mario um, Odyssey coming out at the end of October. So show off that, hey, you know, we've got Mario stuff coming at the end of the month, but we've also got Mario Maker in development for the Switch. You know, theme everything around that Mario stuff, and I think that would be very well. So I'm hoping to see that there. I'm guaranteeing that we will see Splatoon and Mario Kart and ARMS there, um, Will we see anything else? I'm not sure, but I'm excited. The challenge is Metroid. The power is Nintendo. Defend the planet Cephas against the evil mother brain. It's survival or destruction. Do battle or die. Metroid only from Nintendo. So real quick, I wanted to apologize to Joseph, who last episode he wrote in and he asked two questions. I only answered the first and forgot about the second. He, he asked, what did I think about the all controller? So for those of you that don't know, check out the link in the show notes. You can see uh, the all controller, which is a Bluetooth wireless uh, controller that is supposed to be able to connect to every platform, uh, including PC, Mac, Xbox, PS4, Switch, etc., and it's got uh, unlabeled buttons, so that doesn't confuse you, which is actually a pretty ingenious idea uh, for it to have unlabeled buttons. Um, basically, it's got like a little screen in the middle, and you can go through it and load up the profile that you want. Now, I think that this looks like a very comfortable controller. Do I think it will be successful? I'm not sure. Um now, I'm looking in here, and I don't see anywhere on here that it says that it has um, gyro. And it's not going to have HD rumble. So how does a third-party controller, or, well, or maybe it will have um, HD rumble? I don't know. Um, but how will you know if it has, like, how will the game know if it is supporting uh, HD rumble? It also, they say that it will work in mouse keyboard mode, so you can use games that are designed with mouse keyboard, kind of like the Steam controller. I really like the Steam controller and its customization options, but um, we, we will see how this is going to shake out. Right now, this is on Kickstarter, and it is, it's already met its goal. Um, if you want to get one of these, 
uh, then you need to pledge $55 or more. If you if you pledge $55, I think that's Canadian. Um, I think it's Canadian dollars. But uh, if you pledge $55, you get a wired controller. If you want a wireless controller, then it's going to be $80. Um, and, okay, it says here, the wireless controller has everything. All USB wired wireless drivers, Bluetooth drivers, and profiles. That's the $80 one. Then, for $100, you get the wired the wired all controller plus a dongle. The wired all controller with the USB dongle compared compatible with Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS3, PS4. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're getting a wired controller and a dongle, so you can plug it in and use it wirelessly if you want. Um, anyway, if this is something that you're interested in, make sure that you head on over and back this. I'm not going to. I'm going to wait and see what happens with it. If it if it's successful enough, it'll come to stores, and if uh, it gets good enough reviews, then I'll check it out. But uh, I don't know. I feel like having that screen in the middle of the controller is going to drive that battery life way down. And one thing that I love about the Switch Pro controller is the battery life. Is same thing with the Steam controller. Also has a fantastic battery life. You go back to that, like man. I I will say one bad thing about my PS4 controller. First off, it's very comfortable. But man, the battery life on that thing just absolutely sucks. Uh, anyway, so sorry that I didn't respond to that last week, Joseph. Um, it just slipped my mind while I was talking about it. But anyway, let's jump into the next story. When you shoot the light-sensing zapper, when you play the system with the most arcade hits, you're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. Zelda Breath of the Wild has been updated to version 1.3.1. I said before that I'm not going to talk about patch notes very often unless they are something important. I feel like there's some, with something important here. So let's jump into the patch notes. They're short, they're sweet, but they, they contain something that's very interesting. Uh, first off, they say we have fixed the issue in pack one, the master trials of the expansion pass, in which defeating certain enemies for Kilton was not counted toward completion while playing in master mode. I'll have to check that out. I'm not sure what they mean by that because I've not spent a whole lot of time talking to Kilton. My son has completed everything in the uh, original uh, for Kilton all, all the way up to getting like uh, the full Dark Link outfit and stuff uh, where I never did that stuff. Um, here's the important part. Uh, it says in-game items can now be obtained from launching the software from certain articles distributed through a new news channel uh, called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Tips from the Wild, which can be accessed through the news on the home menu. This channel is expected to open on August 9th, 2017. That's tomorrow. Unless they're using... Is this Nintendo of America? Yeah, this is America. So that that's the correct date then. Uh, because Europe does their stuff backwards, uh, the month and the day. Uh, they do their stuff in an order that makes sense, unlike the U.S., which does not. Um, it says, depending on your game progress and location, certain items may not be obtainable. So, in-game items can now be obtained from launching the software from certain articles. What are these items? Are these items that are already in the game, or are these new items? My guess is it's going to be items that are already in the game. Like maybe they're going to say um, that maybe there's an article 
in the tips from the wild that says something along the lines of make sure that you use fire arrows against um, blizz robes. And then when you open that article and then you launch the game from there, you get like five fire arrows. Um, I don't think that they're going to be adding in other things uh, that are not already in the game through this because that seems like something that would only be DLC related. And I don't think that they want to put out a news article that you can only get if the DLC is there because that's either going to tick off people. I mean, it might drive people to buy the DLC, but it might also just confuse or frustrate people who didn't buy the DLC and they click on this article and they're like, wait, what, what are they talking about this travel medallion for? I don't understand what they mean. It's not here anywhere. Um, so it does say depending on your game progress and location, certain, certain items may not be obtainable. So my guess is that you probably can't get trying to think of something that is regulated to off of the grand plateau. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, let's say maybe that there are certain flowers that increase your stealth that don't grow on the Grand Plateau that you find um, elsewhere in the world. And if you just start up the game and you're on the Grand Plateau, maybe you can't get them. I'm, I'm not sure why or how that would work. And does it work like Amiibo where certain things fall out of the sky and you open up a chest? <laughs> that, that always makes me laugh. Um, the last part of the patch nose is that it <clears throat> patch nose. The last part of the patch notes is that various fixes to improve gameplay. I love it when they improve gameplay, but don't explain what they're talking about. Um, uh, anyway, are you excited about these? I, I find this whole news channel thing to give you items very interesting. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today. Do you think... The, or do you agree with me that it's probably just going to be items that are already in the game? Or do you think it's going to be new things that we haven't gotten before? Perhaps it is items that were related to Amiibo. Um, like maybe they'll have the ability to give you the hat of time or whatever. Um, but if you want to get the other pieces, then you got to go get the Amiibo. That actually would be pretty a pretty good way to convince people to pick up the Amiibo. Look, I got this hat. If I want to complete the outfit, I need to have that Amiibo. Whereas if I don't have the hat, I'm a little less compelled to go after the rest of the, the parts of the outfit. What do you guys think they're going to be doing with this? Let me know. Runjumpstomp, gmail.com. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step. And then again, let's do the Mario all together now. At a preview event for Metroid Samus Returns, Nintendo finally clarified Amiibo support for the game, especially with regards to how hard mode will work in the game. As it turns out, this probably was a case where better communication could have cleared up the whole problem. So here's the lowdown of what Nintendo told US Gamer. This is from Kulipik on NeoGAF, by the way. When I asked Nintendo representatives at the preview event if hard mode was locked behind Amiibos, they were clear to make the distinction. Fusion mode, they corrected me. Yes, fusion mode, which will give players access to... I'm sorry, let me reread that. Fusion mode, which will give players access to Samus's fusion suit, 
as well as a more challenging difficulty in the game, is indeed locked behind the Metroid Amiibo. This content will not be offered as separate DLC in the Nintendo Digital eShop. However, there will be a standard hard mode that will be unlockable once players complete the game on regular difficulty. This mode, which is confusingly separate from Fusion's mode, own harder difficulty, won't be locked behind Amiibo. So a lot of people were very upset that um, the uh, hard mode was locked behind Amiibo. Well, it still is. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that are that are like, yes, finally, we still get a hard mode. Sure, you get a hard mode, but you don't get all of the modes. Some of the modes are still locked behind DLC, and I don't think that the problem was that it was locked behind DLC. It's that it's locked behind Amiibo, which are always hard to find. This fusion mode, you have to have the Metroid Amiibo to get. So on one hand, a lot of people like me are a little frustrated by that because that means I can't play that stuff unless I find that Amiibo. And I understand why people would be upset about that. However, there is also a benefit to having Amiibo uh, be the DLC in that if you buy it, you can share it with somebody else. So you both get the DLC for one price rather than having to buy it each on your own. Um, so there's good things and bad things for DLC being locked to Amiibo. Honestly, I think that people would not have a problem with this at all. If the DLC were also able to be purchased on the eShop or if Amiibo were readily available all the time and I could just walk into any store, well, not any store, but walk into a store and pick one up off the shelf, no problem. Just the one that I want every time. As it is now, if I go into a store, the only things that I ever see are Animal Crossing Amiibo uh, and well, the Breath of the Wild Amiibo. It seemed to be pretty uh, prevalent where I live. Um, I've heard that they're pretty rare elsewhere, but but here they, they seem to be okay. Uh, in a related story... Uh, we're talking about Samus Returns coming to the 3DS. There is now a new Nintendo 3DS XL themed with Metroid, and it is really, really cool looking. It is gold on the bottom, uh, orange on the top. It has a very cool hexagonal pattern on the top, and you can see um, this uh, almost like a silhouette with a little bit of detail in there of uh, Samus shooting her arm cannon off. The thing looks very cool. It's got the Metroid symbol on the bottom of it, uh, the, the, like, the S symbol for Samus. And I think if I didn't already have a DS, man, this thing would really be compelling because this thing looks very, very cool. Um, Nintendo's just going to keep making DSs. I, it's, it's weird to me, but they, they certainly are. Uh, anyway, what do you guys think about the weird fusion mode, double hard mode, or whatever that is that they want to call it. I think that Nintendo needs to, get, first off, get way better at communicating, and they need to listen to the community that we don't want things locked behind hard-to-find plastic things. If you want us to spend money on the hard modes, then just let us buy them online, but give us the option to buy them via the plastic toy. Uh, both of those things would work. If we had the option to buy the toy, or if we could just skip the toy if we don't want one, and still give you money, um, because I think that's what people want. That's the, that's really the heart of the issue: is that Nintendo is bad at keeping things on shelves, and so 
there's going to be people out there that want this content that can't get it. Um, what do you guys think? Welcome to the lightning round. This is where I talk about a whole bunch of stories really quick. I don't go into nearly as much detail and the episode's already pretty long. So let's jump right into it. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is coming to the Switch as is Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 coming to PS4 and 3DS. Um, so if you are a fan of the Dragon Quest series, uh, then the first three are going to be uh, available on the 3DS and the PS4. But Dragon Quest Builders is not a uh, typical Dragon Quest game. It's really more of a mix of Minecraft with a little bit more story. And it looks very, very fun. The first one was very well received. And um, the footage that is linked in the show notes looks very, very fun. Uh, so that's Dragon Quest Builders. I know that my son is going to go bananas when he sees this. So I'm not going to tell him about it right away. Um, Axiom Verge, October 17th. This has been confirmed via uh, Tom Hap, I believe. There we, Yeah, Tom Hap. Uh, he is at Axiom Verge on Twitter. If you've never played Axiom Verge, it is a uh, Metroidvania-style game. Very, very good game. Super fun. And I'm probably going to buy it again because I want to finish it. And I want to finish it on the Switch. Severed is out for the switch today this is from Drinkbox games these are the developers between the insanely good <clears throat> sorry about that cough the insanely good guacamelee which is a metroidvania game now severed is not a um a uh a metroidvania game it is a first person uh game it's a port from a mobile game now most of the time i would say listen i'm not interested in anything um, a mobile game that's going to be on my uh, Switch. But Drinkbox Studios, they make really good stuff. Now, it's very creepy looking, uh, very unusual and fantastic looking art style. The art direction in the game is beautiful. Um, but you basically, you play the game by using touch. So how are they going to do this if it's docked? My guess is that this will either use the same type of controls that... Um, the one where you move the world of goo world of goo had, had these controls where you move the, Wii rem not the Wii remote, the joy con around like a Wii remote. Um, or maybe they'll just use fully touch and it will be an only handheld game. We've, it's not the first time that we've seen one like that. Like boys is a uh, game on the switch that is only a handheld game. Uh, but it has these touch based combat mechanics where, uh, there's monster in front of you and you got to cut off its various limbs in order to kill it. Almost like um, uh, there was a shooter where you had to shoot off their arms. I can't think of what it is. It's a survival horror game, Dead Space. I've never actually played it. I've heard it's really good. Um, but Severed looks cool. I don't think I'm going to get it. Um, but it, it, it does look interesting. So make sure that you check out the link in the show notes. There's a cool video there as well. Um there's an ARMS update coming to, tomorrow. Uh, this is just a balance patch. If you want to check out what they've said, uh, right now this is only linked from the Japanese Twitter account. So it's it's in Japanese and uh, the translation by Google was pretty terrible. Um, here's one thing that, that uh, I want to talk about is that my guess is that when we've when we've got a, a big um, ARMS update, my God, I can't talk for some reason. Uh, when we've got um, 
the Nintendo World Championships coming up in October, which is not too far away. My guess is that we'll probably get a new character for ARMS sometime before that so that they will have time to balance the game. Uh, And then uh, if they're smart, what they will do is at the very end, whoever wins the ARMS fight, they have to fight against Mr. Yabuki, and Mr. Yabuki will use the new guy uh, and whoop up on him. I think that would be cool. But I think that we'll probably get uh, new stuff. Speaking of arms, uh, real quick, there have been some data mining that has revealed a few new stages as well as new characters. Nothing that we know other than, like, names, and they're they're almost like code names, not even, like, real names. Uh, so... That's just kind of interesting. And the last story in the lightning round is that Night Trap 25th anniversary will not be coming to the Switch. Uh, This is... Oh, look at this. Interesting. Uh, So, originally... I just clicked on this. uh, uh, But originally, uh, it was from one of the game's developers. They said that Nintendo was on board, but then they changed their minds for some reason. And when I click on uh, that link which was Screaming Villains, uh, or Twitter.com slash Screaming Villain, and then their their status, it says, sorry, that page doesn't exist. So it seems like that has been removed uh, from, it, it maybe Nintendo reached out and said, hey, uh, we don't want you saying this stuff, so take it down, because that tweet is now gone. Um, but if you don't know what um, Night Trap is, Night Trap is a FMV game, a full motion video game starring Donna Plato, who was in Different Strokes, which is a TV show in the 80s uh, about um, a, uh, a rich white dude who adopts two black kids uh, and you know brings them to his penthouse. And it was uh, hilarious. And uh, Nancy Reagan was on it. I watched it when I was a kid. Uh, but anyway... Night Trap was basically this this um, this game where you were, and I never actually played it, but I watched a very interesting documentary about it probably a couple weeks ago. Uh, but you were part of this team who uh, were trying to stop these vampires from uh, killing these girls, and you could control traps in the house that the girls were in. And it was your job to click the button at the right time in order to catch the monsters. Um, But uh, they came under fire for being too violent uh, at the time. And uh, that's this is one of the games that led to the development of the ESRB, which I've talked about on previous episodes. Uh, But anyway, um, those are the lightning round. And uh, let's wrap this thing up. That is all the time that we have for today. There, If there's a story that I missed, let me know. Uh, right back at the beginning of the show, I listed off the ways that you can get a hold of me uh, through email or Twitter or the voicemail. Don't forget, you can also join the Discord, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Jump in there, have a conversation with people. Uh, and of course, you can stop by the live stream, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show, uh, my wife makes dock socks and zipper pouches on her Etsy site. Uh, you can join the Patreon. Um, if you are looking for a free way to help, just review the show on iTunes. That always helps out. Or you can use my Amazon affiliate link. 
the intro music today, of course, is Balloon Trip Remix by Noteblock, and the outro music is Adventure Island Area 1 Round 2 by Jun Chikuma. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and hanging out with me, and I will get back to you next time. Bye-bye. Witchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere they like to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep, even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible.